Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Scott Richmond and Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie Sherman, a good Sunday morning to you. Where does this uh, lovely radio show find you this Sunday morning? This Sunday, I'm in New York City. What are you doing there? uh, Enjoying the warm, um, you know, unfall-like weather in New York. It's been in the 90s here for a few days. And Uh uh, I've been getting my fill of food, uh, Broadway shows, uh, sports, and uh, you know it's good to uh, it's good to spend uh, a little bit of time in the big city, and that's great because when you're in New York, it puts you in a different frame of mind. You're you know everything around you is theater, is music, is is entertainment. So perfect for our guest this week. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you're uh, you're a co-host on uh, on one of your uh, you know radio shows on Alt One Hundred One Point Five, Kaylin Allen, who's got a uh, a very burgeoning uh, career in uh, music and in uh, as a social media influencer and, uh, you know, as a, uh, uh, a retro clothing entrepreneur. She's got a lot of uh, a lot of fires going, but she's heading off uh, to London to uh, finish a record album with uh, Niall Marr. And you know about that, who Niall is, and you can share that with our audience. Yep. So, so Kayla and I worked together for like three years on our radio show for Alt, which was now Alt 95.7. And she, she went to the UK last November and she has an amazing story on how she hooked up with Niall Marr, who is the son of the guitarist for the Smiths, Johnny Marr. And he's a real talented musician. Niall is. And the story about how he found Kaylin is, is one for the ages. So she'll tell that. But uh, they're starting a new band, and it, the name of the band is Share, S H A R E. She's had a, she's had a number of interesting bands. She was with Kississippi, right? Yep. And then uh, she performed as, as Wilma Laverne Minor, you know, and uh, as well as uh, Kaylin Allen. So I want to find out about all of these incarnations of her as well, and how that all fits together with this new metamorphosis into Share with uh, Niall Marr. I'm with you, Arnie. I think it'll be a great conversation. When we come back, our guest will be Kaylin Allen Krebsbach. Back after this. All right, Arnie, we are back with our guest, Kaylin Krebsbach. Hello. Kaylin, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? You know, this is this shows the global nature of Missoula Radio, right? You're in <laughs> Manchester, the UK. I'm in New York and Scott's in his office in uh, Missoula, right? Well, she's still in Missoula, Arnie. She's I'm still technically in still in Missoula until oh, okay. the 24th, but okay. that is where I'm heading. Very okay, so you're heading to Manchester. So, Kaylin, you've had a very interesting career. We, we alluded to it a, a little bit earlier. You've been doing music. You've been part of uh, Kississippi. And then I want to I want to ask you specifically how you came up with, with Wilma Laverne Minor. That's oh, yeah. a very interesting <laughs> name. 
It's very reminiscent to me. When I saw that name, it reminded me way back in the 60s, Rod Stewart for a short time played with an Australian band called Python Lee Jackson. Python Lee Her, Jackson. Wilma Laverne Minor just reminded me of a band like, <laughs> you know, like uh, Python Lee Jackson. He did right. I think, a couple of studio songs with that. So well, we Wilma Laverne Minor. Oh, sorry. Wilma Laverne my, uh, it's my paternal grandmother's maiden name. That's so a great I, name. I just, I needed a band name. And I had, one time I had remarked to my dad, like he had told me her full name. And he had said, oh, like, I, I he told me her name was Wilma Laverne Minor. And I was like, oh, that would be a good band name. And then like three years later, I needed a band name and I couldn't think of one. And he was like, well, what about grandma's maiden name? And I was like, oh. It's okay. like perfect. It's a really cool name. And I know like your vintage, your vintage clothing company was called Stone Pony. Was that based on the Linda Ronstadt group of the 60s? It was. It was. Yeah. Um, it was just the same thing. I was like, I need a name. And I always yeah. liked how it was spelled with an E-Y. Right. It always seemed silly. And they had the one great song, you know. Different and- drum. Excellent yeah. song. Yeah. Love yeah. Linda Ronstadt. I actually, I recently watched that episode of that TV show, The Last of Us. Right. That features uh, Love You for a Long Time. I can't yes. exactly. And she also had that great single with uh, with Aaron Neville. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, no, There's a really good documentary that. about her, too. It's called yes, like, there is. The Sound of My Voice, yeah. I think it's called. It's really great. She's yes. awesome. So you're born and reared in Montana, Missoula, right? I am. When, yep. when did music become your passion and your focal point? Um, you know, it I was always kind of around music but not really in a performance way. Like neither of my parents are particularly musical. My mom taught piano lessons, so she started us on piano lessons when I was very young. But it was never really something that I was like, "Oh, I like want to be a performer." until I was about 14. But in talking to my sister recently, my older sister, I didn't realize this or really remember it. But I guess when I was a kid, I was always like singing and performing for people. So (laughs) maybe it was always subconsciously there. But I started playing open mics at Sean Kelly's, which is now the Thomas Meager Bar, I think. Thomas Uh, Thomas Mar Bar. Yeah, the Mar Bar. When I was 14 was my first one. Isn't that ironic? It's pronounced the same way as your new music partner, Niall. Yeah, the Mar Bar. That's funny. I hadn't really thought of that. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I started doing that. And then, um, you know, I I don't really know what possessed me to start busking at the farmer's market. But one Saturday, I just took my guitar down there and started playing and made a tiny bit of money. And I had fun doing it so I started doing it every Saturday and it was a really good way to practice and then I had a friend start doing it with me and then we formed a band in high school and um played all around town played weddings we played the Wilma for like a high school singing competition a few times what was the name of that band it was called Baby and Bukowski Baby and Bukowski <laughs> another like very Starsky silly band name yeah, Starsky and Hutch Baby basically and <laughs> uh but yeah we did a couple that's uh, we did one kind of full length uh, record on a split with a band from Townsend, Montana, as part of um, part of one. Uh, the other high schools in town had to do senior projects. The school that right. I went to didn't have to, um, but it was part of someone's senior project. He was like right. trying. He was like a budding producer, and we got hooked up with him through the flagship coordinator 
who is still a good friend of mine. His name's Scott Matthews. So I guess I'm just surrounded by very supportive Scots in my life. Scotsman, <laughs> Scotsman. Do you, yeah. so you, you can play guitar, I know, and keyboard. Do you play other instruments also? Um, I used to play saxophone, but I think <laughs> that my my talent begins and ends at keys and guitar pretty much. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've just been doing it ever since then. And I often well, joke that my career has basically been like that well, game where you. And like, I have a, well, what's up? No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, performing is is a talent in and of itself, but certainly mm-hmm. songwriting is a talent that right. you really developed. How did that start? I just. I just started doing it, you know, and I can still remember the first song I ever wrote when I was in fifth grade, I guess. So I guess my music journey started way earlier than I like associated in my brain. But I had um, a few neighborhood kids and we decided to start a band, quote unquote. (laughs) And we had one one of our bandmates had a drum kit in his basement and we would all just go down there and like bang on it and then pretend to play guitar and uh yeah I can that was the first time and then I didn't really work on music seriously from then until high school I was kind of a jock for a very long time which is very funny uh now that I think of it (laughs) my life would be very different if I hadn't gotten injured in a soccer game when I was a soccer jock right yeah yeah that was my sport um, so, so I've listened to you, some of your music that's on, you know, in, uh, in the media. And mm-hmm. I would describe you if somebody said, what does Kaylin sound like? What kind of sound does she have? This is I would I would think when I listened to you, I thought of Grimes. I thought a little bit of Bjork, you know, Sarah McLachlan. Do you have a role model in the music industry that you aspire to, you know, kind of uh, be like? I mean, I mean, there's so many, so many. I, I have like, I would, I, obsession sounds creepy, but I, I really enjoy right. like, you know, music as a whole, performing it, writing it, whatnot. Right. Like, also just learning like the history of it and like paying attention to what people have already done and you know mm-hmm. learning about it. And so I was like, I really love Patti Smith. Um, right. You know, I would say as far as like someone i would like to get as good as at songwriting i really love paul westerberg and the replacements those are like mm-hmm. like the top tier of songwriting to me right. I think that they're just so great um you know but like there's so many like susie sue and stevie nicks right. and like uh sparks and like all of these bands that have been doing the thing that i love to right. do for so long and right. just watching how they evolved over their careers and like learning what mistakes they made and like you know just you also of- you also have a knack for social media i understand that you did a haircut video that had a million views <laughs> i mean My- i don't know i don't know how much i had to do with that other than just posting it i i could i, I hey, posting it is enough you did it you did it and <laughs> i mean a million views is substantial you know only That's one out of it, you know, one out of a hundred Maybe one out of a thousand postings get that kind of uh, that kind of following. Yeah, it was. Uh, you must have a knack with social media and figure out how to use it. I mean, I I definitely grew up like online. You know yeah. what I mean. So it, it it's not so much as that I know how to use it. Is just that 
I've just been doing it for so long. Right. It just I do it the way that I do it, and it just seems to work. Um, but you have, you it's have a, a very you strange have a part good, of my life. You have a pretty good Spotify, you know, monthly listeners. I mean, they're anxious to listen to your. That's music. actually a funny story. Um, the reason that my Spotify listeners is so high, I'd like to believe it's purely because I posted that music. Uh, yeah. that's not the case. Rob Thomas from Matchbook Twenty. Yeah, <laughs> he posted one of my songs. He like the way that he uses social media is he just posts Spotify links right. like once a day on Twitter, Facebook. And he put you in one Instagram. of his Spotify lists, and somehow he found one of my songs and he put it in his Instagram story. And I woke up the next day and I checked my you know message requests or whatever. And the way that Instagram works is. Once the story has expired, you can't right. see what it was if you didn't right. open the message in time. Right. So I just had an empty message request from Rob Thomas. And I was like, what is this? And so <laughs> I scoured the internet, found out that he had posted one of my songs. And then that wow. was that was that July so, of 2021. I have so had powerful. less than 30,000 monthly listeners since then. I, so thank you, Rob Thomas. Shout out to Rob Thomas. Right. I'm not a musician <laughs> and I'm not building a big following, but Scott knows this. I uh, A year or so ago, I was in London and saw Jodie Comer in a play. Mm -hmm. you know, she's, she's very popular. She was on, you know, Killing Eve on TV. And evidently I wasn't aware of this, but she has a huge following just because her feet are large, believe it or not. <laughs> and I took a picture because I was I was at opening night of her show and I took a picture of her sitting on a piano and she happened to have picked her shoes off. So her feet were in it. And I got like 15,000 clicks and people <laughs> sending me private messages thanking me for putting Jody Comer's feet. Oh, man. Oh, no. On, that's a side know, of the internet that's very strange and ever it is strange but it just shows the power of you know something just uh, accidentally happens like that yeah you know, i mean or, that's 98 percent of the internet is stuff accidentally happening sure. you know yeah, just look at those gunboats right yeah so let me let me fast forward a little bit you're a, you're a missoula you know artist you're you know you're working you're doing some radio stuff you're doing you know concerts you're writing music you're doing stone pony how did Niall Marr come into your life <laughs> you know it's funny i i didn't even know that he followed me on instagram like i didn't See, that's another another social media thing yeah right? very funny um but yeah i had put out this ep called used to um, which was, you know, four songs that I had flown to Massachusetts and recorded with Alan Day. Um, right. And it was was that was that, was that where it was True Grit and Graceland on? Oh, was True Grit on that? Yeah, yep. Yeah. That was that was that EP. And you know, I that was the first project I had ever really like fully funded by myself. You know, gone out on a limb and kind of like you know, right? Uh, invested in in a very long time. I think you know. I was 24. I, t I had just turned 25 when I recorded it because my birthday happened while I was at the studio. But anyway, about a year went by. I hadn't really like planned any sort of release. And I just like kind of, you know, in February of 2020, very bad timing. I just mm -hmm. kind of like put it out and was like, okay, I'll like, I'll figure out a tour. I'll, I'll do something, you know, like I'm just going to put it online. 
And I put it online and not really anything happened. And then very soon after, you know, the world shut down. So, you know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of I, I really didn't expect anything to come of it. Um, and one day, like, I don't know, eight months after, I don't actually remember when it was, but I noticed that I had been tagged in somebody's post about like a playlist that you two or used you two used to had been put yeah. on. And I clicked on it and I was like, Niall Mar, who is this? And then I looked closer and I was like, there's no way this is the Mar that I think that it is. And then I scrolled through a thing and I was like, oh, this is this is one of the Mars that I think that it is. <laughs> and then I realized that he followed me and I just like messaged him and we kind of like kicked up a, a friendship. And um, you and here are the same age, are you? Ironically, right? You're he's a couple 20. years older than me. I'm 29 and he's 31. Yeah, so you're um, in the same groove pretty much. Yeah, very, very close. I think he and my sister are the same age. So, yeah, uh, very, very similarly aged. But, um, yeah, we just kind of in 2020, we just become kind of Internet friends. And, you know, making friends on the Internet has never been a foreign thing to me. I met my best friend in the whole world on a site called Tumblr when I was 15. What does and, it mean? Uh, to, what does it mean to meet somebody on, on your best friend online? It's a, such a you just a like connect online, and then you just connect online. There's no other way we ever would have crossed paths, you know, my my friend and I, Naran. But like, you know, we met online, and then we just realized that like we were friends, and it just and then when you from- met her for that t- for the first time physically, it was like. It was that and then and and more, correct? Like you're like, yeah, oh, everything's We've been confirmed. best friends ever since. The first time we met, we followed each other online when we were 15. And then we met for the first time when we were 19. Uh-huh. Where does she live? Where does she she live? lives in Philadelphia, but she's yeah, originally Philly. But you remember uh, Scott when you were when you were a kid? I know when I was a kid, they used to have pen pals, you used to write somebody in a farm yeah, country yeah. and write you back and you know, sometimes people would go and stay with, you know, you go visit them. You'd have to wait like three weeks to get a letter or four weeks to get a letter back. It's a lot slower in those days. Yeah, it's kind and of like mean, pen pals for sure. But it was yeah. kind of the same thing with Niall. It was just kind of like we met online as much as you can meet online. Yeah, yeah. And we just kind of hit it off. And I was like, oh, yeah, me and this person are going to be friends. It's, you know, we get and along. Now it's, now it's moved beyond friendship. You're going to be in a band together, Cher, and you're going to be writing songs with each other. Am I correct? Oh, yeah, we've been doing that for a bit. So Cher. Well, take a step. I want to take a step. Before we get into that, I want to take a quick step back. So okay. let's let's tell this story. Right. So yes. you so you meet him online. You he follows you. You guys connect. And then did, what did you start to exchange? Just information. I'm a songwriter. I perform. Like, yeah. how did that in, well, develop? I, I knew that he was musical and I knew that and, and he knew that I was musical because he had added right. my song playlist and there was a mutual respect there. And when in 2021, I really because of the pandemic and for a lot of reasons, I just like was very close to giving up on music. I think a lot of people were. I remember it was, this. It was just very bizarre to watch the industry that you had been working in for so long just disappear overnight and, you know, in Missoula, I didn't really have people I was working with, you know, so it was just kind of like I felt very isolated. It felt pointless to, like, work on things because I was like, well, what am I going to do? Put it out and then nothing happens. I don't know. You know, I, I was just feeling very defeated. And having and so worked I, with I and having worked. Been, 
I was going to say, having worked with you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but having worked with you during that time when we were doing our radio show, everything was very closed. Everything was very inside and insular. And at one point, I would I will remind you that you were like, hey, I think I'm going to go to California and I'm going to try my hat at doing brand marketing. I think or, that was later, though. That was, was that later? That was later. So, Yeah. Basically, I in 2021, I just had kind of given up on the idea of being a musician. Got it. Um, I wasn't really working on anything, but every few months or so, Niall would check in and he would just be like, hey, what are you working on? Hey, you should be writing. Hey, like, how's that new guitar? You know, like he would just kind of like pop in and be yep. like, you know, supportive. And I would always just be like, oh, that's really nice. Like, it's really nice to have someone be genuinely like, hey. You should be doing this thing, you know, that you're very good at, like, you know. Um, and then there was a time where I was like, yeah, I'm going to move away from Missoula. I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to, you know, try to do something different because I just felt very stuck here. And then, you know, I I was thinking about that for a long time. And then May of 2022, Niall just sent me a song and he was like, hey, I wrote this song specifically for you to finish. So you got to finish it. And I was like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> and I hadn't done anything in so long, but it was like, okay, this is the spark I need. I'm going to do it because he took the time to do this. Like, I'm going to actually do it. And so, you know, I sent it back to him. He sent me a new mix. And then I, a few days later, started working on a song that I had been messing around with. And I recorded it in my room and I sent it to him. And then he cleaned it up in his studio and finished it and sent it back to me. And when I heard it, I showed it to my roommate. And like just started crying because I was like, oh, my God, I can do this again. <laughs> like I found someone I can make music with again. Like this is this is it. That's amazing. I, it did he do that like, with anybody else, though, Kaylin? Sorry to interrupt. But did he do that with anyone else? Was that kind of how he was getting through the pandemic? Worked, he's worked with a lot of people. Um, but I think it was like. I, I, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I feel like I uh, we were kind of on the same page with like both of us. We're just like, oh, wow, this works really well. Like, let's just keep doing this. Yeah. And so we just kept sending stuff back and forth uh, all summer. And by the end of the summer, you know, or even by the end of July, like we started in May. And by the end of July, I was like, yo, do you want to do this for real? And he was like, you can come live in Manchester. We can work at the studio every day. And I was like bet let's go and so i like i I had never had a pot i had never had a passport i had never left the country so i like went and applied for a passport and it magically showed up in two weeks i don't know how it happened it was supposed to take until like october and it showed up in two weeks and i was like okay that's a good sign and then i gave up my apartment i had lived in for three years and sold all my stuff and moved to manchester and we just were in the studio like pretty much all day every day and that was October of 22, right? October of 22? I le- I, th- my last month in Missoula was October. I got to Manchester on November 7th, but I was out of my apartment on Halloween. This so. is amazing. Is it an amazing story, Arnie? Yes. And I, here, here's what I'm thinking about as I'm listening to all of this. It's hard to have a partnership, particularly musically, because you write, he writes. Mm-hmm. You sing, he sings. Right. You play instruments. He plays instruments. So how how do you come to an agreement about well, how you're going to mesh together in a band? I feel like it was just kind of a thing where we both just did a thing that the other one didn't do. Right. Like Niall's strength is guitar, obviously. 
I'm right. I can fake my way through guitar playing, but I am in no way a a, well, his father's one of the great a, a ripper. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, naturally he's going to be good at guitar. So like he's really good at arrangements. He's really good at production. He's really good at melodies and instrumentation and like you know music direction. And that's never been something that I've been particularly right. well versed in. The thing that I'm really strong at is writing, like so, like lyrics. And he doesn't really, he said to me several times, he doesn't listen to lyrics when he listens to songs. He's only listening to melodies, which I think right. is so bizarre. <laughs> but it was just another thing where it just magically worked. It was like 50-50. It was like, he did the right. thing that I don't do, and I did the thing that he doesn't do. And put them together, and it just works. Well, it sounds, it reminds me a little bit like a Bernie Toppin and Elton John. You know, Bernie wrote yeah. all the words, and Elton did the music. Yeah. You know, yep. Music yep. All the songs. Kind of like a, I mean, that was a perfect partnership. Yeah. So are you are you contemplating a band that you know is Cher going to be touring and performing live and all of that? That's the plan. When I when we get back, our our first and when are you tour, going back? When are you going back? I get back to Manchester September twenty fifth. And we are so, recording this on the fifth of September, just for context yeah. purposes. So about twenty days from now, three weeks from now, <laughs> which is so soon. Oh my god, it's crazy. I've been back since March, and it just flew by. But um, right, yeah. I, when I get so, back, we're going to like put together a band and I have to leave the country for a few days to apply for the kind of visa where I can like play shows where money will be involved. Right. Um, but once we do that, I'll just does, we'll just start playing some shows for so. our audience. How does something like that, you know, we're putting the band together. How does the finances of all that work? Um, at this point, it's very much, uh, by the seat of our pants. Luckily, right. Niall and his wife, like, own their flat, and they're very gracious to let me stay there oh, in cool. exchange for, like, very minimal, like, uh, doable work on my end. So, like, you know, I'm very lucky in that way that the housing part is taken care of, um, because otherwise I just don't think we could do it because, with the way the visa works, I'm not allowed to work for six months over there. I can right. be there for six months, but I can't be working or earning money. Right. So basically what I have, what I did the first time was I sold everything that I owned and then just lived off of that money. And now uh, I worked as a tour manager for two months this summer and then selling clothes, doing random gig work. I'm dog sitting right now, just like saving up enough money to live for six months and then after that, God. I don't really know what will happen, but you God, know, Kayla needs a GoFundMe page. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't need a GoFundMe, but you know, if there's any rich benefactors out there that want to, right? She's very, she's the money. Well, you know, no, this, Scott, it's not, it's not cheap to put a band together and you know, and hire other musicians. Very, very much not cheap. You know, and you um, gotta, you gotta get gigs, you know, locked in, and you have to. I mean it. There it is a lot of work. I think a lot of people don't understand how much work it actually is. You know, I think people just see like, you know, a good show being put on, but they don't but see how many people get involved in that. Right. It's a business. But let's rewind a little bit before we go further. So Kalen makes this move, decides to do to go over to the UK to Manchester in October slash November of 22. When she started talking to me about this, because we were doing a weekly radio show, I said to her, are you sure you know what you're doing here? Do you know who this person is? Do you have an idea <laughs> of 
what how this is all going to work financially and that, what's the that, voice of reason yeah the expectations well, daddy, daddy scott richmond he's gone through my, my pretend dad three sons so you know well no i was really <laughs> concerned but then i was like yeah. at some point kaylin just said i'm doing this and i think it's going to be good and i go you know what if you feel that way i feel that way so the, henceforth you kind of you what like what's that line from uh I forget who the artist is, but you, oh, Jim Carroll, I looked and then jumped, or I jumped and then looked, right? Like, you yeah, kind of jumped and then looked. <laughs> and that's um, how most of my music career has been. So it's like, you know. Follow your worked, instincts. It's, it's genuine. It's generally worked out for me so far. So I'm like, I'm not going to question it. But yeah, I I was very aware that it was a 50-50. You know, it could have gone one of two ways because before I moved over there, I had never met him in real life. I had never met right his wife in real life you know we had all interacted online but his father or his mother yeah like i didn't know what i was walking into but i had a gut feeling that they were like good trustworthy people and like you know we got along so well before that i was i really didn't have any reservations about it i think my family thought i was clinically insane right right my home and sell all my stuff which i understand it sounds crazy but to me Right. Let me ask you a quick question, though. So, yeah, it wasn't crazy, but, you know, here's the thing. So explain. You get over there the early November of 22. How do you develop a – because this is the thing. I don't know if we were even communicating then. How did you develop, like, a work schedule? Like, what did you just start, like, the the day you got there, the day after you got there? And what was the routine? And what did you do when you weren't doing music? We took a – I was very jet-lagged for about a week. (laughs) Got it. But we, you know, the first week or so, I was just kind of like easing in to being in a new country. Uh, Niall showed me around like we went and saw his dad's studio and like I met his friends. We all went out to dinner. We like the first thing that I did when I got there, They he picked me up from the airport at like six in the morning. I was I had done an overnight flight, so I was just very and I hadn't slept at all. So I was just like very out of it. But I was like, I have to stay awake all day. So we right. just did stuff all day. He like walked me around Manchester. We went and saw the stu- like his studio. We like went to Tesco and got snacks. And like that night we went and saw Sigaros at uh the O2 Apollo. And wow. like I remember being so jet lagged at the Sigaros show. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool, but I want to go to sleep so bad. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean <sighs> really the the work schedule came very naturally you know we just like we would wake up we would have breakfast now does jujitsu so if he went to the gym i would just kind of like read or like do whatever until he got back and then about 11 right. we'd walk over the studio and work from like 11 to 7 11 to 6 11 to 7 come back make dinner watch a music documentary and go to bed and then do it again <laughs> in the morning. but then cool. you, and you in that environment in that environment kaylin can you develop your own friends? I mean, it would be hard in a weird way because you're in this sphere of influence. You're living in his house, yeah. you're working at the studio, you're you're around the wife and all that. Is there a way to have your yeah. own private? You know, last time I didn't really do anything outside of the bubble just because it was all very new to me. But luckily, right. like I really love Niles groups of group of friends. Everyone was super welcoming and very cool. And you right. know, I for, like I didn't really have that much time that we weren't working on stuff i i started running and uh i tried a kickboxing class which i was very bad at um 
but yeah like I my thing that I would do on my own was I would just run like four miles down by the canals like a few times a week and then sure. you know your head. This. you're a Montana born and bred person you are now in Manchester the UK it's very different oh, well yeah <laughs> I was like gonna say no no how, nature how, to be found <laughs> how did you adjust and did people think you really were a cowgirl right you, you were out horses and you were living the uh, Yellowstone life I think it was the first time I've ever been a novelty ever in right. my whole life. I was going to say, you had to be. It was very funny to yeah. me because everyone around me, like with the accents and like everything yeah. and the mannerism, like it was like everyone was a novelty to me, but I was also a novelty to them sure. at, the, at the beginning. Because like, it is like, you know, out of all of the European countries, obviously England, you know, is the most similar to the US, I would right. say. But, but there's a lot of still differences. Very we, different. It is still we very. We, different. we don't cut hamburgers with forks and knives, you know, knives <laughs> and forks in, in Montana, but they do there. Yeah, it, you know, very, very interesting. But it was, it was cool. And like, you know, I, I've really, I've, I've spiritually taken on being an honorary mank, like a person from Manchester. Are you, know? you eating so bangers? Like, are you, are you having bangers and mash for breakfast? Bangers and mash? No, but I have a. A vegetarian. Had a uh, a good vegetarian fry up a few times. Yeah, well, fry up. There's great, great Indian restaurants there too. So oh yeah, the Indian crazy. food incomparable. It's so it's really good. good, so it good. There's this good. great falafel place that we get. You can get a so falafel you, sandwich for two pounds. So wow. great. So so what was it? I was going to say real quickly, Arnie. So yeah. being the object of like you're an exotic person coming to their world <laughs> and they were like observing you, asking questions and very welcoming, which is a nice feeling. So yeah. what do you anticipate this next visit? Because uh, now you're far more familiar. You're you're they know who you are. They know who your your amazing talent. Is it now like, hey, let's not just finish up this project, but let's take this out on the road and let's ha let's perform it. Yeah, in I front think of it's audiences. Be as much as we were very much in work mode last time, I think it's going to be like pedal to the metal. It's time to go kind of work mode mm -hmm. when I get back. That's kind of the plan because, you know, the whole six months on six months off thing, is not super sustainable. So it's like, we got to make the most of the time while we have it. And last time there was a lot of like, you know, days where we would just go on like excursions instead of like going to the studio or whatever. But I feel like this time we're going to be very, how much work, do you, how much material do you need in the can, so to speak, before you're ready to take the show on the road? Well, we have full EP and an album mostly recorded right now, uh, as well as the single and then a handful of just songs that we haven't finished yet. So we, we do have a lot of material. Excuse me. I think it's going to be more a matter of um, like getting the band together and figuring out like sound and music direction and that sort of thing so yeah the, i think it'll be a different kind of work did the collaboration steer your lyrics in a different way i mean before people you have been described as having confessional lyrics or that you know introspective kind of mm -hmm. you know lyrics that were based on your experiences being in montana you're now you know mixed in with your mank you have these new experiences yeah. that that changed your way of writing. It really has, you know, it's like this, this record we've been working on a lot of the songs, they do have like autobiographical aspects of them, but a lot of them are inspired by like movies, which has been an interesting, like, 
mm-hmm. you know, departure from how I usually write. Like uh, a, a few of the songs are just written based on like scenes of movies that I've watched because I watch I watch a lot of movies. Like that's the other thing that I really love besides music. But like, yeah, the first song on the album is based off of a scene from that John Cusack movie, High Fidelity, where he's standing. I love in High Fidelity. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I've seen it 20 times, probably. Love yeah, it. it's that that scene where he's standing in the rain outside of Charlie's apartment. And he's like, yeah. Charlie, you bitch. Like, yeah, I know. let's I know. out. Like, I wrote an entire scene. song just about that scene, you know? So it's like, it's definitely, I think, getting out, like, when you have a project that's like your project it, it is a lot of pressure on you to like i don't know to do everything and i think mm-hmm. having someone else involved has really let me not have to put that pressure on so hard and because of that i've been able to write in a much more interesting way i think did you have any uh, areas of disagreement because once you do collaborate with someone you may have a different vision than that person and it's really a give and take the times that we've quote unquote disagreed on anything have been so few that it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't even call it disagreement, but like, like sometimes he'll want to cut a line from like arrangement wise, he'll want to cut like a line from the lyrics and I'll be like, no, that's a load bearing line. It, it leads into the rest of it. We have to have it. And he'll be like, but it's too many. Like, I don't know, because he doesn't care about the lyrics. <laughs> when he does arrangement stuff, he doesn't think about the words like how they lead right. into each other. right he's thinking about and it i'm below, very much below, like this won't make sense if you do it this way you know so that's mostly it you know it's like arrangement things but i would but say that's like, okay that's good that's a good that's a yeah, good no it's, it's healthy it's, and it you, makes like in the times that i've been right and the times that he's been right it's like you know it makes things yeah. better so do you think the quality of your product now that you've produced these songs is better than is 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 the collaboration producing better songs i definitely think so i definitely think so i think it's like uh definitely greater than the sum of its parts you know what i mean so i think we've both done things that we've both done cool shit on our excuse me sorry i don't know if i want to swear on this podcast (laughs) we've both done cool stuff on our own but i think what we're doing together is way cooler you know how did you come up with the name by the way, how'd you come up with the name Cher? <laughs> so in like 2017, I had been joking with a friend because one thing that you do as a musician is like, I feel like most people will say that this is something they do as a musician is if they hear a, someone make a remark or like some joke happens or someone's doing a bit and they hear something, they'll be like, oh, that's a good band name. And so I think most people I know have a running list of just funny band names like in their phone. And in 2017, I had the idea. I was like, oh, you know, it would be funny is if you named a band Cher. So every time you said it out loud, people thought you were talking about Cher, C-H-E-R. <laughs> right. Like but then I it did. spelled Cher. And I, I liked the idea so much at the time that I made a band camp page for Cher in 2017 just to have the URL. So like if I ever decided to use it, it was there. And then, you know, we were coming up with a name for this project. And originally, I proposed calling it Iona after this character from Pretty in Pink. The record shop owner's name is Iona. And I always just thought, like, you know, like one word band names were super cool. But Mm. Niall wasn't super into it. But he was like, yeah, like, we can think about it. Like, that is pretty cool, whatever. But then there was an Irish band called Iona. 
So we were like, okay, back to the drawing board. And I hadn't thought about it in years, but then I remembered Cher. And I was like, this is either the funniest or the dumbest thing I've ever come up with. But what do you think about calling the band this? And he was just like immediately like, yes, this is that's the band name. He got so, it. Scott, did you yeah. ever have a band name that you came up with that was thought if you ever were in a band, it'd be a great name for a band? Yeah, of course. Uh, mine was Bills to Pay. Bills to Pay? Sounds like it an could have been his hair or could have been. Mine was mine was plastic dreams. Ooh. Oh, yeah, okay. I like that too. It's like Steely Dan. All right. Yeah. All right. Nice. By the way, by the name of a song, I think there actually is a song called Plastic Dreams. But that this my name of the band preceded the the song. Of the <laughs> by the way, knowing Kaylin the way I know Kaylin, she's an old soul, right? So she's yeah. twenty nine years old, but her but we always joke that she was born three decades early. Or too well, late, already, actually. You know, listening to High Fidelity, it's a totally different thing, right? I mean, that's a that's a pre twenty nine year old movie. But I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> did you find that Nile was also had a? You know, first of all, when Nile's not re- working with Cher and not doing his own thing, he also performs, right, with Hans Zimmer. Yeah, so he tours with Hans Zimmer's um, band as the guitar player. So he he does the stadium tours that they do in Europe. That's his job for most of the year. So playing in front of 40, 50,000 people for him is no biggie. Yeah, it's insane, actually. Like, sometimes I forget that that's his job. And then, like, they'll tag him in something on Instagram. And I'll go look at it. And I'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah, there's the Acropolis. I forgot, like, like you do real big kid music stuff. <laughs> like, well, one of the things that you probably know now from spending time in Europe, there's a much bigger focus in Europe on attending live performances yeah. in the U.S. U.S., I mean, obviously, Taylor Swift can sell out a house or you know, there are five or ten people. that. Could, but in Europe, you can get 40,000 people for a hundred different groups. Yeah, people it's are wild. Really into music. It's it's the culture there is definitely a lot more geared towards music, which I, which is cool to be around, too, because it's like there's a ton of stuff happening in the music scene in Manchester, just in Manchester. Yes. Right. Like then there's London and you can get I mean, you can get anywhere, but everyone will show up to a show on like a Tuesday. You know, it's it's yeah. cool. I went now, I, it- I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in London in October and I went online and said, you know, concerts in London in October and there's like a hundred of them. I mean, it's like even more than New York, Scott. There's more live performances, yeah. you know, think- in bigger venues in London than there is in New York. Yes. I think I mentioned to you, Kayla, when you were going over there, having worked there in the music business of the nineties and the two thousands, they love music more than we do and appreciate it more. And that's, and it makes you feel like you're understood, right? When you went there, it's like, Oh, they get me. They get what I'm all about. Isn't that a great feeling? It it was a really good feeling. And like, as, as different as it was, I did feel like, like it was a good fit for me to be there, you know, like the culture of it all. And just like, you know, the people I was around, I, I def- like the second I got there, I was like, this was the right choice. <laughs> if it's I could have done way. this 10 years ago, I would have done it, you know, but. Right. It's a long way from what is it? The 4-H club or whatever the uh, yeah. FFF, <laughs> FFF, Future Farmers of the America. The long way from, from busking on the Saturday market. Yeah. In yeah. Let's do the, hey, let's do this, guys. Let's take a quick break. Our guest is Kaylin Krebsbach. She is headed back to the UK next month or later this month. And she is joining Arnie and I on our show. Back after this. 
Arnie, we are back with our guest, Kalen Krebsbach. So now everybody that's listening, and Scott and I as well, want to know when we can hear this music, what's going to happen now, how do we track you down? You know, What's the name of the single? What's the name of the single? And and can we play it at the end of this show? Are we, yeah, will you definitely. give us the privilege of putting it on? I would love that. Yeah, so our first... Good. Our first single comes out September 15th. Uh, it's a cover of yes. the song by the Psychedelic Furs, Love My Way, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, great singer. Yeah, so that comes out in, on September 15th on all the streaming platforms. We'll have it on our band camp. Um, but if you want to keep up with what we're doing, our Instagram is instagram.com slash that band share, all one word. S H A R E. S H A R E. Yes, S H A R E. Plus, they are... can find other music of yours on Spotify and other platforms, right? Yeah, so. Niall and I both have our individual music on Spotify and everything. Um, my project is called Wilma Laverne Minor, as we said earlier. Yes. And uh, you can find Niall stuff just under Niall Mar. Plus, if everybody wants to hear a really great cover of Graceland, I listened to yours the other day, and I really liked your interpretation. Oh, man. Was that, is that on YouTube? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. You sounded... It was a great... It was a great... Was that when I had a shaved head? I feel yes. like... That, oh, God. That's yep. like yep. 10 years old. That's so I know, but it was still was a, it was still a, a great take. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I did a deep dive to listen to everything that you that you had out there so I could get a sense of who you were. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and this is good. This is, you know, Kalen, promise me this. When you get over to the UK and you start to kind of get, work your way through things that you give us a shout back and maybe we'll do a, re, uh, a, a episode two of kind of where Cher is at the time. Like, where in the How world is Cher? Going? Where in the world yeah. is Cher? Right. We should do that because I think that this is an important story, I think, certainly for our audience, but I think it's for a lot of young musicians. And I know a lot of young musicians. How do you become, how do you, you know, really establish yourself and how do you build a career? Well, while there's no conventional, this is how to, this path that Kalen chose or has followed, I should say, is just so inventive and full of opportunity and full of great things and uh let's all just you know be in her corner and and let's see how she takes it you know moves it forward so Absolutely. i'm excited for that yes sounds like a winner to me so yeah. introduce so let's uh front announce the song uh what are we going to hear now all right you're going to hear the first single from share love my way
Thank you for listening to What Do You Know? I can't wait for the next show, Scott. I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. 